For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. College football this weekend. We have one more week before the Big Ten, but this weekend, even though a couple cancellations, there's still a ton of great games out there and a ton of games that have some pretty, pretty good game spreads. I'm just looking at that Alabama-Georgia game, being waiting to the last moment to see what happens with Saban to make my bet. And from game spreads and totals to player, team, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Coming from our last podcast to this one, man, it's a lot, lot better on the, uh, feeling on the horizon right now. We got, uh, we got good hopes ahead. Wildcats are back playing football, man. It's always a good thing. It definitely is, and like you mentioned, you know, last time we talked, it was, you know, you know, even before any of the news sort of started trickling out, and it's been sort of a lot since then. You know, obviously Big Ten comes back, a lot of discussion. You know, how do you think the Big Ten handled its return? I mean, I think they were they were cautious, and that was, I mean, obviously reasonable. I think, like we spoke before, it was uh, more or less just not communicating with with everybody on what was actually happening. And I think that was the biggest, you know, drawback from the Big Ten on how they approached this and how they handled it. Um, I think everyone's just happy that they're that they're actually playing. Definitely, I totally agree. I think you know it could have really framed, especially if maybe they didn't think there was any chance in August they'd come back. But I think they could have very much framed it differently, depending if they had it. Because it, from what the initial conversation in August, it felt like, you know, it's spring or, spring or bust. There's sort of no chance for the fall. And, you know, but now, you know, obviously we're playing in the fall. They could have very much done a better job being like, hey, you know, just because we're, we're canceling it now, we can still play later. And I think if they had done that, you know, they sort of expressed that at the time, maybe sort of, and maybe, you know, it's a little more risky having more of a waiting game. But, I mean, in my mind, especially looking at some of the stuff from the SEC, pushing it back is definitely not the worst thing in the world. And, you know, maybe even years down the line, it'll be 
revered as the right decision. But I think at this point, you know, you sort of mentioned it, Big Ten football is back and it's time to sort of get ready to play and, and see how the teams are going to do. Exactly. No, and it's exciting. You know, um, you know, it was kind of like you watched the first few weeks of, of the season with the ACC and then the, the SEC coming back and you're like, dang, man, just uh, there's, there's a different thing about Big Ten football that, that no one really gets. And uh, it's uh, it's definitely exciting. I'm, I'm happy we're back. I'm happy we're playing. Um, and uh, yeah, now it's just time to get ready for the season and just to see how focused our players stayed in that that time of unknown, you know. Mm-hmm. Which there was a lot there. I mean, it was. I mean, months of just of waiting around, figuring out what what they were gonna do. So, um, yeah, it's definitely gonna gonna see how how well we were coached, how well we were prepared, and um, you know what kind of team shows up here in nine days. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it, you know, right there that uncertainty. We we had talked about it previously, but it's like especially for these first few weeks, it's gonna really test to see which guys, you know, not only stayed in shape during the, you know, we'll call it like the hybrid unknown period, but just also kept up on the playbook, you know, kept studying, kept preparing, especially because, you know, everybody can sort of say, oh, I was looking at film during the time I was, you know, looking at the playbook. The first the first couple of weeks, especially when it's going to be a lot of question marks on offense, especially with new offense, the guys who the coaches believe not only were prepared on the field, but also off the field for this moment are the ones who are going to play. And we're going to see that very quickly who stepped up in the offseason, who didn't. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The coaches are going to play who they trust, especially – there's no gimme games I hear at the beginning. We're right into Big Ten football, you know, so that's that's a whole other animal, you know. And we, we've normally started with a strong, uh, you know, out-of-conference schedule, you know, whether that be Stanford and stuff. So Fitz is really good at getting that team prepared for week one. But, uh, yeah, big, there's there's something different about Big Ten football, man. It's, uh, it's a big physical game, and um, they got to come ready week one. Mm-hmm. No, definitely Maryland, strong opponent. And then especially in the second week, going to Iowa on Halloween. I mean, you talk about sort of getting right into the, to the mix of Big Ten football. That That's a prime, in my mind, Big Ten football game, you know, on a, on a holiday, no less. And you mentioned sort of getting right. That's going to think, as much as Maryland is, is a good and dynamic team, if you want to really talk about Big Ten football and getting back to that, that, you know, week two matchup against Iowa in Iowa City, you know, at Kinnick, that's going to be sort of, in my mind, the time when the sort of everything revolving around the season sort of really hit, I feel like, in that moment. No, I, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, uh, I think over the over the past couple decades here, we've kind of gained a little rivalry with Iowa as well, and we all know that that game is uh, always marked on the schedule. And uh, we've always played them tough. They've always played us tough. So, yeah, that's going to be a, that's a big week two matchup. But can't look too far ahead, though. I mean, playing in prime time, you know, First Maryland, it's um, a lot of stuff's happened there, so it's going to be a. Um, I'm sure, it's going to be an emotional game for them, so it'll be a, a definitely a huge test for us. Yeah, that's a that's a great point too about sort of the emotions behind it, because you know a lot of talk has been like, even just you know the last couple minutes, you're talking, are they ready? How are they prepared on off on and off the field? You know, what, what do you think the emotions going to be like for these for these guys who at one point probably thought they weren't going to play competitive football for maybe two years to finally be back on the field? Oh yeah, I think I think it's gonna be like you said, it's very emotional. It's just how how they're gonna harness that emotion. Like you know, what team's gonna come more disciplined? You know, it's prime time, so the juices are gonna be flowing. You know, and, and uh, you know, being being you know fundamentally sound and, and controlling penalties and not you know making 
the dumb mistakes and, and, and being smart with the football, I think is going to be, you know, obviously a big, um, you know, key point in that game because, uh, you know, like, like you said, those seniors now they're, they're playing for everything. You know, they didn't think they were going to have a season. So, you know, they're going to come ready to go. And, um, it's just, it's going to be, um, who can hone that, that aggression and that, that excitement and, and you know, turn it into positive things. And you mentioned, it's interesting. Do you ever, you obviously, you know, you didn't redshirt, you played, you played right away. So you didn't sort of have a, sort of a year off experience like some of these guys might have been facing, but, you know, you play with a bunch of guys who did. Did you ever notice, like, when guys have a real long layoff and come back and play, is there sort of, what sort of energy do those guys typically have? And is there any sort of way you think the Northwestern guys can harness that and really turn it into positive energy instead of sort of negative, you know, scared energy? Well, I think Fitz does a great job of that. The discipline of the team has always been great. Like, we're, we're, we're not penalized a lot. We don't make a lot of dumb mistakes. Um, you know, I think turning the ball over, that's always kind of like a week, a week one problem, you know, is turning the ball over and penalties. Um, just because they haven't really had that live action. And especially with, like, the COVID thing on, like, I'm not really sure how practice has been, you know, has it been, like, you know, game speed tempo? Has it been half speed? You know, like, are we tackling? Are we not tackling? You know, with all that restrictions and stuff, it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see how they come out week one. Um, you know, Fitz has always been a great game planner, you know, great being a, like a well-disciplined team, well-coached. So he always has um, always has been like that. But with these new COVID restrictions on how practices are run and everything, it's going to be interesting how he's how he's transformed practice to, to make sure we're getting that that live speed reps and and stuff to make sure these guys are ready to go. But. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, um, it's going to come down to, you know, what team's more disciplined, and Fitz has kind of been known for that. <laughs> I think that's a great point, especially watching, you know, a lot of these games the last couple weeks. You know, it's been, you know, a lot of offense, a lot of sort of – a lot of these, especially these, you know, upsets, a lot of, you know, higher rank, you know, the Big 12 especially had a bunch of these higher rankings making mistakes, not being disciplined and sort of losing these games that they, that they should be winning. And I think, you know, obviously last year was a little bit of an anomaly where you had a lot of younger guys, a lot of inexperienced guys, and a little bit more mistakes. But look at that 2018 team. I mean, that team is the least penalized team in the country. It felt like, you know, there was never, you know, a penalty in a wrong place. I mean, sure, there's, there's a couple turnovers, but, I mean, that happens. You can't expect, you know, clean, perfect games. But they, the thing about that 2018 team, and even the 2017 team as well, is that the mistakes they made, they were never awful, game-changing, you know, stupid, right. scratch your head, what were you thinking mistakes? They were, you know, in the flow of the game, trying to make a play, trying to do something. You know, they were, you know, they were, they were more smart mistakes, smart penalties. You were trying something, okay, it didn't work, we can move on, try something new. Last year, obviously a little different. And I think if you see... And I expect to see this out of, you know, a Pat Fitzgerald team, you know, week one, week two out of the gate. I think that could be very helpful, especially against some of these other teams that may have a little more opt-outs than, than Northwestern does. You know, maybe a lot more new guys at, at skill positions. And that could really, you know, change a game. Oh, 100%. Like like you said, I mean, like Fitz is, is known for having a very disciplined team. And, and Northwestern, the players have been great about it. I mean, they take that to heart and Fitz preaches that. So, I mean – I think I think it's it's a huge advantage for for all Northwestern teams to just be focused and disciplined, and you know it's it's preached daily 
by Fitz and, and the staff. So it's definitely a um, an advantage for us, and uh, hopefully, you know, we could continue that success this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And sort of looking forward to this season, you know, you know, a lot of guys coming back, but there are still a lot of question marks, especially at, at a place like quarterback. You know, from from what it seems like, from what everybody's sort of discussing, you know, Peyton Ramsey has, has the edge up. You know, honorable mention all Big Ten last year. What do you expect from that quarterback position after you know the whole the whole room last year was just you know the worst position group for you know not to be mean, but they were the worst position group on on the field from a question last year, and they really you know decreased their the team's potential. Yeah, I think I mean last year they were plagued by injuries, man. They couldn't get out of their own way, you know. I mean, losing Trent Green, um, you know, and then just battling with injuries. I feel like the rest of the season it was it was always a a, a struggle for us to get consistency and, and getting healthy, and that's huge in an offense is is just having that consistency at quarterback, you know, having that that person that everyone trusts that's going to get the job done. Um, I mean, technically we have three guys that could start. Um, you know, they all have the talent, they all have the skill set. It's more or less is who's gonna who's gonna take that leadership role over and gain the trust of the team and the coaches, um, and the person that, that does that I think is gonna have the most success. Um, so I mean, you you win that room and you win the you know the trust of the players and the people around you. I think you're gonna be successful because, I mean, if you look our, the quarterback history at Northwestern, the ones that start and the one that are consistent and, and and gain the trust of the team are, are been pretty successful. Um, you know, I mean since. Cause I've been around. So it's been, um, it, it's just going to be, who's going to, who's going to take control and take that ownership. And, uh, like you said, I think Ramsey's got the edge up. Um, but I think, I think the whole room has the talent to, to be the starter. It's, you know, who's going to step up and be that guy. You mentioned, you think there are three guys who can be the starter. You mentioned Ramsey there. Who, who are your other two who you think could, could be good starters? I mean, you got to go with Trent. I mean, he's, he's been there forever. Knows the all, I mean, knows the team inside and out, how they operate, how they do everything, um, you know, has the trust, I'm sure, of the, of the players. I know he has the trust of Coach Fitz, um, you know, and I think getting him back, like the leadership that he he provides um, in the locker room alone is, is going to be huge, um, you know. And then Hunter Johnson, I mean, he's got the talent that, you know, I mean, he was the number one recruit in the nation coming out of high school. So he's obviously, he's obviously got the skill set. More or less, is is he going to take the uh, the leadership role over and, and and make some some moves in that that sense of the thing? So it's just um, yeah, I think we. I mean, and then you could go. I mean, you can go back like Aiden Smith, like Andrew Martin, like Marty. They all they all they've all been there now. So there's just there, that room is crazy, um, and I wouldn't want to be the QB coach right now. Yeah, I mean, you sort of mentioned it right there. That those are five guys who you know, either started or, you know, played significant minutes over the last two seasons. You know, but, you know, I think pretty much all of them have won, won a game as a starting quarterback. I mean, it's a very competitive room, but I think, you know, the three the three guys you mentioned up, up front, Ramsey, Hunter, and, and TJ Green are, are the three guys who, if, if it comes down to it, I, I, those are three guys I'd put the money on to start. I think, you know, Marty I keep, and, calling, I keep calling him Trent Green, don't I? You do. I, but I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I can't help it. It's just I think of his dad every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, those are three guys I would say are probably, you know, 
the top three right now and how it sort of shakes out at the end will be interesting. But I would imagine, yeah. you know, they had Peyton, Peyton Ramsey as the, the first quarterback to speak to the media when the team came back. It feels like he's been pretty vocal online. And also, you know, you don't recruit a guy like that in my mind and expect him to sort of, you know, sit right. on the bench unless he, he doesn't impress you. And from, you know, what everybody's saying, he's been impressed and he's done a very good job. So I would imagine he's going to start. What do you think he can provide for, for Northwestern offense that maybe TJ or Hunter or anybody else in that room might not be able to? Well, I mean, like you said, he was honorable mention all Big Ten. He's 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 a proven in the Big Ten. You know, the other two have not really proven to be that proficient in the Big Ten, and, and I think he has, which gives him the edge up. So, you know, automatically he's automatically gained the trust of, of the players, you know, they know he's been there and done that and, and been successful at Indiana. So, you know, and especially he's done it at a high level in the Big Ten. So he has that track record, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you right there. I think you look at sort of, you know, Payne Ramsey doesn't have the all-world arm that, that Hunter does, doesn't have sort of the system and program knowledge as C.J. Green. I mean, coming off the year like he did, where he had lost the job at Indiana to start the year, you know, sticks with it, mentally tough, ends up being honorable all big time, scorches Northwestern in, in their game against them at Indiana, yep. which, which you know, being there, that, you know, it, that was a rough game to watch for Northwestern fans because Indiana just outplayed them on every facet of the game. And you look yeah. at a guy like that, that that's a guy who, who, came into the, who came into the program with confidence in himself and his abilities and his belief that he can make this team better. And I think he's yep. sort of, if I want a guy, you know, week one, especially in a season like this where, you know, there's question marks that will be surrounding, you know, the team every week for stuff they can't control. I would like a guy who is confident in his abilities, confident in his belief, and that the players are also confident in his, in his skills and his ability to get them to football and win them football games. And I think and at I- this point, I think he'd be the guy in that situation. No, I, I just want to touch. Like, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Like, he is confident, and that that is huge to be a quarterback because if you're not confident, everyone's going to see right through you. So, like you said, he is a confident quarterback. He's confident in his abilities. He's confident. He's been there and done that. So, I think that is, like you said, that is, that is huge. Um, when you play with confidence, too, it's just you're not second-guessing yourself. You're going. You're, everything's going 100 miles an hour, and, and you can react – and play the play the game like you should, and I think that's huge. You nailed you nailed it. Hit the nail on the head with how you said that. Mm-hmm. And like with that confidence, you know, you gotta imagine that's gonna also permeate throughout the offense. Especially, you know, you look at compared to last year, your two captains, you know, Ben Skoranek, you know, Jared Thomas, they're both gone. Rashawn Slater, who is you know objectively the best player on 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 the whole unit, you know, he opted out. So you're gonna need somebody sort of be that uh, centrifugal force to sort of bring everybody in, bring the confidence in. You got some proven playmakers, Riley Lee, you know, Isaiah Bowser, you know, grad transfer John Rain coming in. There's there's some guys, but in general, you'll see a lot of sort of younger guys who maybe didn't get a lot of rest or struggles. You know, a guy like Frank Anderson who struggled with fumbles last year. Or, yep. you know, a, a guy like Malik Washington who showed a lot of talent, but just sort of, you know, was in and out of the lineup. And they're going to they're gonna want and need somebody around them who has, you know, confidence and can be like, hey, you can make a play right here. I believe in you. 
And I yeah. think TJ, I think TJ would also provide this as well. You know, he's obviously a, a confident, proven guy in that locker room. And, you know, I think Hunter, if he, you know, ends up starting, ends up playing and really, you know, proves himself and is confident, I think he could also have that potential too. But I look at sort of, you look at a guy like Peyton Rand, who just, you know, like I said, you're bringing an honorable mention on all big time players, you know, he comes in immediate with respect to the, of the entire room. And I think that that'll play huge, especially in the first game. Oh, hundred percent. Like, like couldn't agree with you more, man. I think uh, just having that automatic, like it, ele- it elevated the offense by him coming in. I think if he doesn't come in, there's still a lot of unknowns, you know, it's, and then it's still like, you know, who is our starter, you know, and if he could come in and control the room and take that over, it's just going to bring more confidence to the offense. If there's just always an unknown of like, who's your starter, who's going to be like, then it just, it leaves uncertainty throughout the entire offense. So having him is, it, if he steps up and is the guy, it, I think it's going to be huge. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, who else, you know, we talked about, about quarterbacks right there, but who else on that offense you want to really see, you know, make plays? Because one of the things, you know, new offensive coordinator, Mike Bajakian said, you know, immediately when he got the job, I want to get the ball into the hands of, of our best playmakers and let them make plays. Who would you, in that situation, who do you want getting the ball right now in those, in those situations? Well, I'm, I'm biased to wide receivers. So I would think Riley's kind of my guy. He's, he's kind of Mr. Like he kind of was the most consistent player on offense. I think throughout the year, um, last year, you know, played every game, you know, he's never really been injured his career. Um, he stepped up in big situations, you know, in bowl games and stuff. So he's, he's been proven. He's got a proven track record. Um, you know, I think he, he is our playmaker. Uh, when you look at the board um, on offense, like he's got the big play capability. Last year kind of showed that he was kind of going to be like the, the third down guy with, you know, having soft hands and making making important catches. So I, I think offensively he, he's the guy I'm going to look up to. He's a, he's, a, he's a senior. He's a leader. Um you know, I think that that's who we're going to run through on the offense. I think it's got to run through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, Riley is, a, in my mind, type of guy you can get the ball to pretty much in any situation, and he's going to get you some positive yardage. I, th- I look at him sort of like like Flynn Nagel, you know, back, back when he was on the team. Like, the relationship between him and Clayton, like you mentioned third down, like it felt like every time Clayton needed to, to get the ball to one of his guys, Flynn was right there making a play. And I think Riley could really be that for whoever quarterback is. I know you mentioned he has a great relationship previously with, with Aiden Smith, and he also has one with TJ as well. And I think, you know, from what I've heard, he's been developing one with, with both Hunter and, and Peyton over the, over the last, you know, few months. And I think he's definitely a guy that you look at the offense, he's going to sort of him and, I, him and Bowser, Bowser in rushing and then in the passing attack, Riley. Let's sort of look at, at somebody else. I think Tyrick McGowan is, is one of the most fascinating players on this roster, especially sort of looking at what he did last year when the running back room was just made with injuries. He comes in, and he's a, a very productive running back. You know, he can make plays outside. It, it always felt like to me – I mean, he's been playing since he was, a, he was a true freshman. But it always felt like he was sort of just a player to every game. You were sort of like – Whereas you could, you could lose Tyreek in a game. He could sort of just get lost in how everything was going, you know. A couple of, I'm going to stats, you know, there's some games, one or two catches, like wasn't making, you know, a lot of plays. I mean, last year he only had 13 receptions, you know, 
Riley had, I think, 51. And honestly, some of that was just from the passing attack struggling and, and Kyrick was hurt. But, I mean, I've got a guy like, like Kyrick. I want to try to get the ball in his hands, you know, as much as possible. He's, a, you know, he's got great speed. He's got great hands. He's the type of guy who is sort of filling that role. Bennett Scronk was in the last year sort of on the outside, deep ball threat. You know, he's a tall guy, strong guy. You know, he's a guy I want to see really, you know, get some light in this offense and, and, and make some plays. And I think he has the potential, especially senior year. You mentioned all those guys want to come back. He can have, he can have you know, potential all Big Ten, you know, season if he if he's in the right situation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And like you said, he's, he's got to step up. He, he's the senior now. It's There's no excuses. He can't go missing, like you said. Like, he's got to step up and be that senior leader and, and, and want the ball, you know. He's got to want the ball in his hands and demand it. So I think, yeah, he, he definitely has the potential to do that. It's it's whether or not he, you know, we'll, like you said, we'll we'll see what happens this offseason, man. We'll see who's going to step up and, and be the guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned you being a wide receiver. I lo- I think this wide receiver room is just a, a great, fascinating group of guys. You, you know, we talked about Riley and Tyrick there. But, I mean, RCB is also an experienced guy who can make some plays. I mentioned Malik Washington earlier. I know that the coaching staff has loved what he's been doing since he showed up as a freshman last year. Look at guys like Jetson Hooper-Price, Bryce Curse. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that room, but also just a lot of guys with different skill sets who can, you, know, you can sort of mix and match. Berkeley Holman, also another one. You can mix and match and throw out there and sort of depending on what you want, you can have a lot of guys, I feel like. And I can't even forget J.J. Jefferson, one of the most explosive guys on that offense. Coming yeah. back from injury, I'm, yeah, we have the weapons, man. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be interesting how you know our new OC is is gonna be able to use all these weapons and and use them in a, in a great way. You know, it's it's finding the strengths of each guy and then you know ex- exploiting the defense with their with their strengths. And like you said, everyone's got a different skill set, and I think you're 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 hitting the nail on the head again, man. Like it's gonna be how how we take their skill sets and, and, you know, and take advantage of the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a lot there about, you know, wide receivers. You mentioned Riley. Is there sort of a, a younger guy or sort of a guy you really want to see step up and maybe, you know, maybe not in a starter role, but sort of into a, a big time playmaker role could really, you know, make an impact. Well, you mentioned uh, JJ Jefferson. I think I was going to bring him up, like coming back from injury, you know, he, he he was starting to bloom into you know a big playmaker for us you know hitting the long balls and stuff like that I think you know he's got the opportunity to do that again um, you know it's just gonna be um, you know he's he's so explosive and and I mean he made some big plays already so I I'm expecting a lot out of him this year I just in a, in a whole I'm expecting a lot out of the wideouts just because like you said the depth and the talent we have in that room and the running back room honestly. Like our skill sets on offense, we should be better than ninety percent of the teams we're playing. So it's going to be, you know, how we take advantage of it, how we use those guys, you know, in specific roles to exploit the defense in big ways. And um, you know, we have we have the opportunity to do that. And you, know, you mentioned there ninety percent of you know teams expect us to be better than. And I think if you're not a, a guy who watches Northwestern as regularly as we do. You'd sort of be like, you know, be like, huh? Like, you sure about that? But he's, I mean, last year was definitely, you know, what made it so frustrating was that you looked around and some of it was, there, there were a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. But you would look around the field and you'd be like, 
you know, there are playmakers all around. There are guys who can make plays. I mean, obviously, you know, Bennett goes down, Hunter gets injured, Isaiah Bowser gets injured, J.K. Jefferson gets injured. A lot of those guys get injured. You know, there's no flow. You got to keep mixing and matching guys. A lot of the, you know, the experienced guys. Like, I yeah, mean, we lost he, all of our quarterbacks. Like, it was – we couldn't get out of our own way last year. Yeah. And so, I think they'll probably – you know, Northwestern, I feel like no matter what well, – at this point, no matter what the Wildcats do, it's going to surprise somebody, you know. Make the Big Ten, you know, championship next year, only win one one Big Ten game. No matter what, I feel like Northwestern is going to surprise somebody, whether it's how, how good they're playing, how, how much they're struggling. And I think this year people are going to be surprised about, especially – after last year's performance, how well I imagine this offense is going to play. It might not, they might not, you know, blow the roof off, off building, scoring, you know, you know, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns every game. But I mean, this is, in my mind, you know, especially with the Jakey ramping up the this, this speed, which I believe this team, it really helps sort of how this team is, is built. You're going to see a very efficient and proficient offense. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like you said, man, like we, we have all the tools to be successful. It's going to be, you know, being able to, to capitalize and execute in a way that, that we are, you know, and I feel like every year everyone looks down on Northwestern. Like if we, all, if we ever win more than six, seven games, people are surprised, you know, cause we're, we're Northwestern. It's kind of just like it. And that's fine. I, I'm glad they overlook us, man. That's just, that's, we're always the underdog and I love it. Like bring it on. Like, you know, and I, I hope everyone has the same mindset on that team. Like, yeah, overlook us. You know, doubt us. That's fine. Like, <laughs> come nine days, we're gonna we're gonna start freaking kicking down some doors and and beating that ass. But that's just that's just that's how I look at it, man. I get I get I'm getting all fired up now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you mentioned this is a, this is a, in my mind a very favorable schedule for Northwestern this season. We, we did. We got a good a good run there. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as, as I would have loved to have traveled, you know, to to Penn State, watch watch the game there, you know, it's obviously like an eight game schedule, much better for Northwestern to sort of lose that game instead keep Michigan State, keep Maryland in their in their crossover matchups. And I mean, you, and like getting Iowa week two at Iowa City isn't great, isn't the most ideal, but I mean that's still. If you're coming off a high of Maryland, you can at least still have a lot of your guys. You know, there won't be as many injuries potentially. And look at the sort of the next real big matchup, you know, Wisconsin, middle of November. I think that's sort of a good time for that. You get it at Ryan Field, which is huge. And other than that, you know, Minnesota, I think there's still a lot of question marks, you know, how they bounce back from, from last season's great season. Is there maybe a, a little bit of a dip like, like Northwestern had last year? But I mean, December 5th, at that point, it's interesting. Because I believe finals will either all be over or, you know, they'll probably have very little left. They'll again be sort of back to focusing on football. They'll be in, in a groove, in a rhythm. And I think really those are the three games I look at and sort of be nervous about. But this team, this team could theoretically make, in my mind, make the Big Ten championship if things go their way and they, you know, put up their potential. And that, and that quarterback room does what it's supposed to do. Like, yeah, like you said, we, we have all the skill. We have all the all the parts, man, to be successful, and that's that's you know, it's gonna come down to, to what we do on Saturdays, man. And I'm, that's that's what's exciting, man. We got got nine days, and, and then we get to see what what Northwestern's all about this year, and and what we're gonna do, and who we're gonna be as a as a team, and 
you know, I think it's going to start week one, man. We, we uh, come out with confidence and play well and, and, and do the things we need to do. I think it's just going to be a, you know, a waterfall effect and, and really uh, continue on with the rest of the year. Definitely. Definitely. And we talked a lot about the offense there. I want to also want to talk about, you know, defense. In my mind, interesting thing about the defense is they lost some guys. You know, obviously you lose Trey Williams, you lose Joe Gaggiano, you lost Alex Miller on the front. But I still look at this defense and I think there are a lot of guys coming back. There are a lot of guys with not just experience, but a lot of experience in Big Ten moments in just, you know, bowl games. I mean, you look at you lose Trey Williams, you got guys like Cam Ruiz, A.J. Hampton, guys who have played big moments in big games. You know, on the D-line, guys like Ernest Brown, Exiliota are, are primed to sort of step up and step into those roles. And I'm really excited to see how, how this defense plays. Because, I mean, last year, the defense, you know, played really well at the start. And I think they just sort of, you know, they lost steam at the end when they, the season is sort of, they got some injuries as well and the season started going sideways. But, I mean, this could be, a, in my mind, a really stout defense from Coach Mike Hankowitz. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really happy Patty Fisher, Fisher just stuck around, man. Like I, I thought for sure he was going to, um, you know, declare and, and we were going to lose him. And he is the heart and soul of that defense this year. He is, you know, everything that's advertised about him, man. He is a stud and uh, having him out there this year is going to be huge for us. And it's going to help with those young guys following in his footsteps and, you know, being able to lead the pack. No, definitely. And I mean, it's that whole linebacker crew. You, I mean, you mentioned Blake, Gallagher, Patty Fisher, of course, and then also Chris Bergen. Those are guys who have been starting now. It's be their third year starting together. I mean, yep. talk about an, not just an experienced group, but a talented group. I mean, you mentioned Patty. Patty will you know, be playing on Sunday soon. Blake Gallagher has been underrated in my mind throughout, throughout his career, you know, playing in, you know, in the shadow of Patty. But, I mean, this guy, you know, I mean, 127 tackles. That dude doesn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy like having him and Patty, you know, as linebackers. I mean, they're just going to make all – they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be making all tackles. And, I mean, Chris Bergen is an an undersized guy. But, I mean, you talk about a guy with so much heart who just, you know, who will step up, make some big plays. I mean, I think about, you know, returning the, the block kick last year. You know, it doesn't have as many tackles, but he's, you know, he's just also all over the field trying to make plays. And you and you mentioned, you know, Patty Fisher is a heart and soul of that defense, and he definitely is. But I think that whole crew is going to really, you know, thrive in, in, in this year for all of them, which is their senior season. No. Oh, yep. Like I I mean, we keep saying it, man. Like, we, we, got, we got the right people in the right spots. They're, you know – our seniors are unbelievable this year. Like they've played enough games. They know how things are going to be like, I mean, our, our safeties are looking great too. I mean, with Travis and, and Cam, like, like it's, it's just, we got, we got all the tools we need. It's, it's going to be putting all the pieces together, man. And, and it, I, I just hope that we stayed focused this off season with this unknown that, you know, we hopefully come together a little bit more as a team and just come out ready to go. I'm, I'm, Freaking pump, man! Nine days. Let's roll. You mentioned strap it yeah. on, man. I got shoulder pads in the back. Let's go. <laughs> no, you know, nine days. You know, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be so much fun. Just you know, watch, 
Northwestern back back on the football field again, just playing. Because you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, Big Ten football is different. You know, the SEC, the ACC, Pac-12, Big 12. Listen, up, they're all great conferences. Don't get me wrong; they have their own their own cultures that make it great. But I mean, there is something. There's just something different about about the Big Ten, about you know, playing in a little bit colder weather. You know. Going oh, to places yeah. like like Nebraska, like Iowa, like Penn State, Ohio State. You it's know how football I mean? played, man. Those it, those cold fall days and the oh yeah, it's, that's that. This is football, man. It's I'm I'm Jack. We only got what six weeks, so we gotta we gotta take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It'll be. I know, even looking forward, like a couple of those games in December, that'll be really fascinating to see how you know. You know, obviously a lot towards then, but I mean, if it's pretty much snowing everywhere, it's really cold. It'll be interesting to see how much of sort of that that classic, you know, smash mouth in your face Big Ten football that I know that I know Pat Fitzgerald loves to talk I'm gonna about. I was going to say, you're talking, you're talking Pat's world right there. Uh, <laughs> hey, you that's know, his favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, obviously. The offense is, is a little different with, you know, a little more speed. But it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, and especially because a lot of teams, you know, Ohio State, you know, Justin Fields, quick pace. It'll be fascinating when we get to that point and see do teams have to make these changes because instead of sort of only a few games at the end of the year, being in snow, being in cold, you know, you're having, at, you know, three games at a minimum in cold weather sites unless you're in the Big Ten Championship game you know, in Indianapolis in a dome, you're playing three cold weather games where you're, you know, you're hopeful it's as, it's as warm as, as it is today in Evanston, which is, you know, 55 degrees and, you know, partially sunny. Oh, like, there's no way. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's and no way. It's, it's going to be fascinating. It's just cause like, you know, it's exciting though. <laughs> It's exciting because it's like everyone's got to deal with it. It's not, you know, it's not one-sided. Like, it, it, it's, I mean, so I said, it, like, it would be fun to see an SEC team come up to, you know, Chicago, Illinois, and play a game outside in November. Like, it's just, it's a different animal up there. And all these teams are going to have to adjust to playing these games in December now. And it's, we are, you know, a spread offense. So like, we'll see how, how our offense adjusts this year. But, yeah, I mean, still got you still got to pitch and catch and, and move the ball. It's just it's it's just more fun, man. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And you mentioned it there, like these SEC teams. You know, out and talk. A lot of them are great, but you know, you try seeing like there's no way nobody's doing what Ole Miss and Alabama did this past weekend and putting up you know over a hundred points. You know, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, on a, on a early <laughs> December day, it's just not gonna happen. It's just not gonna no, happen. Yeah. And, it's not ever. It's so true, and and that's what makes the Big Ten special, man. It's you know it's going to be a smash mouth game. You know you're getting into a dog fight, and it's just yeah, it's just duke it out, and then uh, like that you just gotta you you either gotta like love it or or you're just not gonna be you're not gonna be good in the Big Ten. You you gotta love to get in a freaking dog fight, and that's what you're gonna get with the Big Ten game, and especially later on in the cold weather, man. And that's that's what I miss the most, man, is lining up with the brother next to you and just going going to war. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I, I could go on a run right now. I I, I gotta get moving. I'm I'm I know. I'm, I'm I know, fired man. up. I know. I'm pumped, man. We'll talk what next week here about the the Maryland 
little preview and uh yeah man i think this is a a great a great spot to end and uh it's been great talking with you man i'm freaking jacked up yeah same here you know thank you to everybody you know listening to the show today you know feel free to do leave us a review you know we're available on all your favorite you know listening streamers you know we hope you're excited as we are for big 10 football to start because you know it's been a long ride to get here but hopefully it's a safe and fun ride the rest of the way. Absolutely, man. Everyone's got to stay virus-free, and we'll, we'll freaking go get this Big Ten championship. Definitely. It's going to it's gonna be an exciting one. You know, I we'll hope you guys tell us to come back for next week for a great, you know, preview of Maryland. It's going to be a great start to the season. But, you know, until then, for Jeremy Ebert, I'm Peter Warren. Have a great week and, and get excited. Only only nine more days. Go cats, baby. Let's go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.